0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Spacebar podcast. On this podcast, we'll be sharing interviews we've had with people who have impacted the tech industry. For today's talk, we'll be chatting with Rahul. Rahul is a Duke grad who co-founded Cohere, a startup that helps companies achieve a seamless troubleshooting interaction with their users. The company is off to a great start and they've actually just announced they've secured $3.1 million of seed funding. Keep listening to hear all about Rahul's journey and how he became a startup co-founder as a new college graduate during the beginning of the pandemic. Before we jump into talking about your experience building, growing Cohere, I want us to talk a bit about your time at Duke and how that sort of pivoted you. And or maybe it wasn't your time at Duke, but the, the kind of influencing factors that led to you feeling this, I guess, becoming this entrepreneurial spirit.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I actually applied to Duke as a physics major. I didn't really know or think that I would do CS. Mm-hmm. Um, but first semester, I was just convinced that because I'm going to do physics anyway, I might as well take any, anything that's not physics and see if there, anything else sticks. Uh, so I ended up taking like four non-physics classes. Um, and I really like CompSite 201. Uh, and so I decided, well, I'll just, I'll just keep doing this until maybe I don't have to do physics anymore. And then uh, I ended up taking out a single physics class. Uh, CS worked out really well, really enjoyed all my CS classes. Um, and then halfway through Duke, um, I started also taking some of the SAS classes and then I realized maybe I should take more and then I double majored in CS and stat. Uh, and that's how uh, I got my major. Uh, most of my coding experience actually came in the latter half of Duke. The first year actually I was involved with Duke IEEE, uh, the first and second year, just so building like hardware projects and things like that. Uh, the software projects came later. Um, and I think most importantly, um, the thing that worked out really well for me is I found a couple of friends who were also really interested in building projects uh, who are now my co-founders, but back then uh, Jason and Junior, which we just like built like a bunch of different things. And I, I know I, maybe I presented to Catalyst, but I built something called Caldera as well, which is just like a completely open source, like React library. It was never like we're going to build a company. It was just like, we're coding. Um, apart from that, I think what really helped was working at an early-stage startup that was like growing really quickly. So if you're uh, in a small team and you understand what's going on in the company, you just get like a lot of visibility on like uh, how things operate, how do you grow, how to get users, how to build product and engineering and things like that. So um, I worked at Superhuman after my sophomore year. So that was really uh, helpful uh, for me to understand like how companies work. So all this came together uh, last March when we started to here.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, So I, I did a bit of LinkedIn stalking. Um, And I noticed you interned at Facebook along with your other two co-founders, which is pretty cool. Um, And also, as you mentioned, superhuman. I was wondering if you could talk about your experience that you gained having those internship experiences at some bigger companies, how that influenced you um, in your job search. And I know you graduated around the time COVID was getting really bad and just kind of how all those those factors really influenced your your future steps after college.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, comparing my two internships, uh, Superhuman and Facebook, from context, uh, when I worked at Superhuman, it was like about fifteen people uh, in San Francisco, downtown San Francisco. Um, so, it was the office it was just like one really big room, and everyone is just like sitting there with the computers. Facebook, on the other hand, literally had like 30 buildings in this massive campus in Marble Park. So I just wanted these like very extreme experiences before I graduate so I know uh, what I want to do longer term. Uh, The really great thing about internships is like uh, no matter how bad it is, it's it's done in three months. Um, So you just you just go in, you like learn a lot and then uh, you get out. The, the thing with full-time is a lot of the learning happens the first three months. So you're maybe learning how to code, maybe ha- learning how like processes work. Now after the three months, maybe you're learning plateaus off or maybe it slows down. Uh, and so internships are really great in that regard. And you can't really leave full-time positions after the three months. Uh, it just looks really bad on your record. Uh, so I would like really recommend leveraging, uh, taking a lot of risk with your internship experiences because like uh, going full-time uh, you can't continue to do that. Um, the reason I wanted to Facebook uh, after superhuman was I just wanted like a totally different experience, and just like see how things worked. It turns out I didn't like it as much as a smaller company uh, because I was just like working on this like obscure small team, and I was just like coding away. But I didn't really understand I literally how anything else worked. I just understood I had this like really small project part of like a much larger machine. Um, and so at the end of towards the end of phase I was just very pretty clear that I wanted to work in a new startup. Uh, I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to start one; just just never uh, occurred to me, but. Um, I ended up signing an offer with an early sales company um, in October after my Facebook internship. Um, and then fast forward to last March, I ended up not taking that offer uh, because the company took the offer away because it went down because of COVID. Um, so I ended up taking a like, really big risk with this company uh, because I thought maybe um, that this is like a company that could either go really big or just die. Uh, and it turned out they just died. But around that time, career was founded. So uh, things worked out pretty well for me.
0: Yeah, I'd say it definitely is. Um, and I guess the, t- the timing is interesting because I was, I was looking into um, your guys' experience being a part of Y Combinator, which I do want to jump into in a bit. But before we do that, um, since you were in the summer 2020 cohort, I was curious around the time COVID hit, was that when you and your co-founders were like, hey, guys, let's, let's kind of jump straight into this. This is our opportunity. What was the timing like?
1: Yeah, so it was it was very related to COVID. Um, so Cohere started as a um, complete pure screen sharing solution. So um, fast, uh, I guess like a, a year ago, we were working on Caldera, which is like a way to stream application from the server. Uh, so we were working on like figuring out how to get web pages from the server. To go on someone else's computer, so render on the server and and then show on someone's computer. So we had to like spend a lot of time figuring out that problem. And when quarantines hit around the world, and we were back, I was back in India, and my co-founders were like working from home, were uh, like studying from home. We just decided screen shares sucks, and we're going to make it better because it's like choppy and laggy and like not great. And we'd spend all this time like trying to figure out how to get dom dom or web pages to like sync. And so we we decided maybe we can make web pages sync by uh, getting web page from, from one computer to get uh over the wire to another. And so instead of like sending photos of a screen 60 times a second, we could just actually stream the content of the web page. Uh, and so around that time there's a hackathon by Pioneer, uh, you should totally check it out. It's an online accelerator program. Uh, so we just decided over this weekend we're just gonna build the first version of like screen share. And we ended up winning the hackathon. Um, and towards the end, uh, one of the hackathon judges was like, "You guys should apply to YC," and we were like, "Sure, why not?" We were like, "Why would they let us like three scrappy kids in Like they're just like this is just like a random hackathon project?" Uh, things worked out really well for us, uh, luckily. So we ended up getting to YC over the next two weeks, and then we jumped in. So Cohere is very much is like tied, and uh, because I, I guess it wouldn't have happened without COVID, because um, the hackathon was just like a theme of remote work, and we were just built figuring out a way to make remote work better.
0: Right. That's awesome. I think that's definitely one of the good things to come from COVID people have found really innovative ways to uh, make these sort of processes move along smoother. I think Cohere is doing a great job. I've read some of your guys' reviews and it seems that your guys' product is is very well revered. Um, And I was, yeah, of course, I was wondering if you could mention the process that Cohere has undergone during this past year or so, how you guys have maybe pivoted things that that you have found to work or not work, um, and I guess ultimately, if you could also go into detail about uh, Cohere's mission.
1: Yeah, so starting off, we we uh, going out going into YC, we were a pure screen share product. So what uh, Cohere, which is called Manted at the time, looked like was. There's a Chrome extension you would install to your browser, and then maybe you're reading an article that you really like and you want to share with your friend. You could click a button and you get a link you can share, and then both of you could like collaboratively read the article or any web page. So it was very much just a feature. Um, When we just gave it out to all our friends, we just gave it out to our people in YC, Uh, We were like, hey, you should check it out, see what happens. Just like install this, and if it ever comes out, we should use it and let us know if you do. Uh, And so. Over maybe like the first couple of weeks of YC, we're just seeing like all these crazy ways people are using it. Like, people are being like online games with their friends and like doing shopping with their significant other or uh, doing like onboarding their users, supporting users, and things like that. And the thing is, in YC, everyone's like building their own companies, they're trying to get their users, trying to get their product to grow. And so, the, the primary things that you're doing are doing demos, you're doing sales, you're doing support, you're doing onboarding, you're training your users, and things like that. So, uh, because we were in the environment, we saw that use case pop up a lot. So, we decided to focus the product more towards this use case uh, of like getting, helping companies like, train their users better, support their users better. Uh, and the current workflow was pretty bad, especially if maybe. Um, you're helping, like imagine you're helping your mom with, uh, filling out an insurance application or maybe your grandma, uh, with COVID, a lot of these things have moved online. So everything from like vaccination appointments, mortgages, insurance, to parking lots to restaurants. Uh, so everything that was like offline or just like managed to stay offline for, for the longest time, they all had to move, uh, had to move to computerized digital stuff. Um, and because of that, there's a whole set of users out there who like dire need of like better support and sales. So currently, what what's happening is if you if you call up your uh, your support team at a company and you're like, hey, can I uh, can I have some help? I'm not sure how to check out, or I'm not sure how to like finish this form. Usually, they're like, okay, what screen are you on? Like, what are you looking at? Uh, okay, so now can you click the button on the top right? And then you're like, oh, you know, maybe you're not super sure where the button is. And the, the person basically has to manually describe what you have to do or for first have to understand what you're trying to do, which takes up usually half the time of the call and then try to figure out what, how to help you with that. So with cohere the process is almost instantaneous. You, all you have to do is open the Cahere dashboard. And just like that, you can see what the user is doing. Uh, and then you can also take control of their screen with their permission. Uh, with no setup involved so you don't have to download any software or anything like that as long as it's on your web page it just works um and so you can take control from their screen and show them just like you're saying right next to them uh so more long term we're building more and more tools to help support and training teams achieve uh better customer success and spend less time working on like frustrating redundant conversations, back and forth conversations and just like get get the job done uh, get the job done instead of like uh wasting their time setting up zoom calls or telling people to click the screenshot. button.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like a really great way to save time. I think we've all been in those situations where you're live chatting and, and it's just not a super efficient way to, to resolve issues. Exactly, so yeah. yeah, so I'm curious, how did you guys decide that you the role you were going to fill was that? That space that you are going to work to improve the, the consumer experience by uh, aiding that interaction between the user and the service provider. Was that purely spectacle on, on your end? Did you think, hmm, now that everything's moving online, I think this could be a problem and we can sort of step in and, and assist along the way? Or did you do market research, talk to users directly, and, and kind of realize through? Maybe one specific or a few specific interactions that this was really going to be the way cohere was going to move,
1: yeah, we definitely felt a pull in that direction, so the market definitely was asking for something like this um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my co-founders and I built a bunch of different things, so we we've like just built like dating apps and social websites and uh, like open source React frameworks. And when we built here and, and a Chrome extension, but when we built here, we just under, we just like felt this pull that we hadn't felt before. And that like, it was just much easier to get people to start using it. And even though the product was incredibly broken, people would just use it and they would complain a lot, which means they're using it. Uh, and so that ha- happened, but going back to my previous, previous experience with server human, uh, I also spent uh, time, I guess, sitting next to onboarding specialists so just like going through these flows. So I would just like hear them going through like these problems and just like, Hey, can you click this button now or not that, but this one instead, um, you knew on the other hand has also spent time um, debugging calls. So He worked at ramp. So he just got on calls. And, um, ask them to screen share and now uh, click the console and then they would open the console and then can scroll now um and so this is a problem that's pretty personal to us we have personally experienced this but during yc we also heard uh our co-founder our other co-founders uh validate our our i guess ideas so uh, we decided to pursue this as we got more and more interest which is like built the uh, built more of the product and got better
2: i'm curious because you were saying that when you guys were at yc you were seeing people have a lot of applications to cohere they were using it for shopping they were using it for like whatever so before you guys were thinking specifically about the user case of onboarding or like support were there other like uh spaces that you were thinking of going into like the ones that ended up not being the the space cohere yeah we,
1: we actually had a bunch of different ideas at that point um we there was a couple of things we were considering. So one of them was like building a um, an app that lets you collaborate, through, collaborate with your team better. So we already had that great screen share solution and uh, usually just screen share people on your team. Uh, and so we were like, hey, why don't we just build out like a fully fledged video calling slash like remote work application that has like really great screen share and also video calling and things like that. Uh, and so that was something that we were briefly, uh, briefly considering um, we actually maybe spent a couple of days like working on it, but we decided that um, this one we just felt like a stronger pull in this direction, and um, we just like went down that path instead.
2: Do you think that you'll ever just like m- move completely into this remote working space? Because Co- like now that you have Cohere kind of working into it, you could also add um, this like video calling feature.
1: Yeah. So one of the one of the biggest uh, requests we for- we have right now, or feature requests we have, is Building video calling into Cohere. Uh, so, usually, currently, Cohere people either are on a phone call or in their live chat or they're on a Zoom. So, they already have, always have this parallel communication channel uh, while they have Cohere open.
0: Mm-hmm. A common
1: request um, is like just build that into Cohere. So, we're actually looking into that. So, in the near future, where we, we might uh, launch in something related to that, but that's definitely still in the support space. So, we're not uh, we're definitely not going to completely go into like collaboration and team chat because that's like a completely different product.
2: That's awesome. Uh, Michelle is here real quick if she wants to say hi. It's Who do you think it is? Oh, f- oh I didn't realize you were no, doing this up? right now. Oh, the reason why I can't do this is because I have lab in like 10 minutes. That's fine, that's fine. I just wanted her to say hi. He has facial See, right now. Has Rahul not always had facial? Hair? No, <laughs> he's been like clean shaven Yeah, for some reason that looks normal to me. I feel like I no, think I think you, it maybe, fits maybe his face.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Maybe the Hack Duke um that the React workshop I did, maybe had facial hair. I can't remember.
2: Oh, he says maybe that at the Hack Duke workshop he already oh. had the facial hair. Here's uh, Will. He says hi. Okay. anyway. Um Okay, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm gonna jump in with like another question because I was also wondering about this. And sorry, Sydney, if this is one of your upcoming questions. Um, but like obviously, like I remember you and Jason coming into Catalyst to talk about that little um, chat thing you guys were working on, inspired by Slack. You guys also have like a bunch of other uh projects that you have worked on. Um were there were there components or maybe like code that you had written beforehand that either inspired or you maybe used in the future or have thought about doing that?
1: Um, I think there was a little bit of co-share between the two. Um at least in the early days, we copy-pasted a bit, but we might have like overwritten that uh, more recently. But more importantly, the experience we got from just building that uh, helped because we ran into a bunch of issues uh both times and because we ran into them earlier, we were able to fix them. Uh so we built over the hackathon pretty quickly, uh, maybe over the the, the really first version of the product really. It was like really jank, but it worked. Um uh, pretty quickly because we have that experience coming in.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so do you, do you want to go back to your original questions?
0: Yeah, I'll hop back in. Um so I guess we can we can kind of go from there from um the the fact that you and Jason, I mean you you started cohere with Jason, right? And then
1: and you knew, um, yeah. You knew okay.
0: So you all from the beginning were, were collaborating together. Um,
1: yeah. So okay. I met Jason, I guess, first week of college or literally I think on F doc, uh, freshman wow. year. You knew came, uh, he transferred into Duke beginning of junior year. Um, and so we connected pretty quickly. I think we met at like a random club meeting. Um, and then we started working together since then, I think.
0: Yeah, that's, that's super cool. I think um, it seems that finding founders co-founders is something it's like committing yourself to a marriage almost um so i think it's great that you guys were able to work, have project experience so early on and you were comfortable and confident in your guys's partnerships um
1: yeah it, it, it totally is um it's literally like a marriage i feel like i'm married to like <laughs> and yeah it's it's really hard sometimes to navigate sometimes you like you have conflict and uh sometimes you like disagree on where things are going so it's very important that you have a close relationship with your co-founders because like there's always going to be like lows and uh highs and to get through the lows you have to have like some prior history or background of working together so you understand like how uh, people work together
0: definitely real
1: quick
2: some people have some people have mentioned about how like you can have best friends, but they can't be your co-founders or like, or, you know, there's like this, this weird balance between like, how close should you be with someone or how well do you guys manage conflict that would make you guys be a good pair or trio of co-founders? So how do you think that like, like it's, I don't know if it's uh, like unconventional that like you're one of your really, really good friends, like Jason, who, you know, for so long ended up being someone that you could found a startup with. Like, what do you think on that?
1: Yeah. So we were, towards the NYC, we raised the seed round. And when we were doing that, uh, some of our investors, like, asked us, like, oh, what is going to stop you from, like, fighting and, like, splitting up? Like, dude, what is going to stop And we were like, yeah, we know, we've know known each other for, like, forever, and we are super close. But he was like, yeah, I started a company with my best friend, and it didn't go well. And history is not enough. You need to have, like, open communication and, um, be tolerant and things like that this is just like any good relationship um but i think for me at least i i got lucky in that uh, i know the person pretty well and it's really hard to just find a company with someone you just met because like there's um uh, you will slowly uncover it's like marrying someone on the first date you meet right yeah you'll slowly uncover like things that you maybe were like hmm i should have known about this before primary.
0: Some skeletons in the closet. Yeah, Yeah. so on the topic of conversation and and making joint decisions together and the fact that we have brought up Y Combinator now a few times, can you take us through the decision process you guys had when deciding to apply? Whose idea was it and how How did you take the steps to move forward with that? Because that's a pretty big decision to make. That's why Combinator is is very amazing and very hard to get into. And it definitely takes a lot of preparation.
1: Yeah, so we actually wrote a YC application. Uh, We actually wrote a YC application for another project earlier, but we just never ended up submitting it because we just like never finished it. Um, And this time, once we got the hackathon, we were like, we're gonna apply to YC. We're gonna write the app in one day. If the app is too poor, too bad. If we get it, we get it. Uh, so we just like marathon this app, uh, the application. Um, just wrote it in like I think a span of like eleven hours or something like that, uh, and just, just submitted. And we just hoped for the best. Um, and and, and it worked out pretty well. So I think my advice would be like don't overthink it. Just uh, just write it. And there's like no cost to applying except maybe your time. And so it was just, just trying anyway and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's good advice for anything, just jumping in. Um, I am kind of surprised, though, that it was something so, I guess, for the moment, considering you guys had had a, an application prepared for something else. So was the prior application something you guys had focused a lot of time into? Or was it a similar situation where you kind of just threw it together?
1: So we did, definitely didn't write it in hours, the prior application. I think we spent a little more time. Uh, but I think the biggest insight we had was YC doesn't really care about when you apply Uh, on the website. They tell you, okay, here's the deadline. Here's the early action deadline or whatever, Uh, but they're reading applications year round. Um, And so um, we heard from someone that you can just apply whenever. And so we were like, we're just going to do it now. Because the last time we wrote an application, we were like, the time is not right. We should wait until um, the application is open or anything like that, but you can just submit whenever the website lets you do that. Uh, and there are reading applications you found.
0: Okay, cool. that's that's interesting, actually. That's good to know, and it's it makes the the situation more lifelike because it's not like when you launch a startup, you have to be so strict with the timeline. It's typically pretty exactly. fast from the from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, what was it like when you guys got accepted? Do you remember where you were? And, well, I'm sure I know there's a process of interviews and everything, but I guess jumping forward a bit and actually being accepted, how did you guys react?
1: Um, we were obviously really happy. Um, I yeah, I would kind of suspect that we might get in because we got the interview pretty quickly. Uh, but still, uh, we got roasted in the interview. So after the interview, I thought we were not going to get in. Uh,
0: how were you roasted?
1: So roasted in terms of like. So, so the, here's a format of the YC interview. It's 10 minutes long and they try to jam pack and as, try to get as much information, try to get as much signal from you as possible. And so usually it's just like rapid fire. They ask a ton of questions and then 10 minutes later it's over. And then they make a decision on whether to accept you or not. And so it was just like kind of intense. And so I thought maybe like they, maybe things didn't go well, uh, but they did. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a very tense situation to be in. Um, but from the acceptance, what was the process like? Because can you get, can you give us a timeline actually of, of when this acceptance was? Because I know it must have been probably around the time COVID was, was really kicking in.
1: Yeah, I think we applied April 16th or something. And then uh, okay. last year... And then and a day later we got a request for an interview um and then our interview was on may 6th and then we found out um uh, may 7th that we got in so we had a couple okay. weeks before the interview so we had a couple weeks to prepare
0: mm-hmm. that is that's a much quicker turnaround actually than i had expected so you guys are moving pretty quick that's awesome
2: yeah do they really like release the res- uh the results like a day after is that common
1: so usually they they tell day after because I was in India, uh, but usually just call you on the same day at the interview. You get a call on the same day if you get in, and if you don't get in, you usually get an email the next day. And so when we got the call, uh, we, we I knew we got in.
2: That's so scary, <laughs> knowing that everything is like on the line and that like
0: maybe twelve or so hours.
1: Yeah. was a long night.
0: Yeah. Was it, were these few weeks, were they so fast paced that you guys just found yourself feeling like you needed to just stop and catch your breath? Or was it just very much one after the next, um, kind of you're skating through it and it just felt like a natural progression of things because I know that it takes, it, it takes effort to, to prepare for these pitches and everything. And, uh, it seems that it all moved so quickly. Did you have time to catch your breath?
1: Yeah. So with the, there's two, we, we, we had two priorities during those two weeks. One is get, get past the interview. Uh, So like be really with um every kind of question they could ask us and be prepared for the, for the actual interview. The other one was like continue to build our product at that point. Our product was like really, uh really young and really broken. We just got out of the hackathon. And so over the next two weeks, we uh spent, I guess about 60% of the time building the product and 40% of the time, just like purely just, uh, working on working through interviews. So we like, I guess mocked interview ourselves and then also got random people on Twitter, people who've done YC before, our former employers. Um, so we just like contacted them, asked them if they could help us with the YC interview. And so uh, people are usually um, like super helpful. And like, a lot of people are open to giving mock interviews, or just get like helping with that. And so we we did like maybe five or six or maybe maybe a dozen actually over over that couple of weeks. So we, um, we we prepared quite a lot for the interview.
0: Okay, so I guess main takeaway here is use your resources because that's that's really great. You guys had some people to turn to for advice. Um, if
1: not, you can still reach out. So if you go to Twitter and literally just search "YC mock interview," uh, mm. there's so many people tweeting that they're like every time interview requests come out, people some people some people tweet it out. Um, okay. And and so you can just reach out to them and they can help you with that.
0: That's really cool, actually. Um, so going now from the process of applying and interviewing and then finding out you're accepted, can you tell us about your experience being in Y Combinator and how that really impacted how Cohere was really building up its, its mission and, and kind of along the way as you guys continued building upon everything? I'm assuming Y Combinator was really influential in helping you guys develop your your strategies for how you're going to operate.
1: Definitely. So um, initially, it's really great to have that validation from YC that uh, this is good, I guess, just like getting that investment is a good sign that to continue working on this. Um, Apart from that, because they work with so many companies and so many first-time founders, they have a lot of experience on what mistakes tend to have people tend to make when they're starting companies and how to avoid them. And because we were talking to our YC partners every week uh, who have founded like really large companies, so like $700 million, $700 million companies before, um, we just, I would ask them about the problems that we had that week and our progress and things like that and anything really growth or product or engineering or anything like that. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, Lastly, some people call YC an accountability framework. Uh, and by that, I think they mean, because you're going through YC with a group of other people and you're seeing them like literally like every week, um, people are telling you what they're doing and how, how much they are growing and what they're building. Uh, and you also wanna grow. So like, because people are sharing uh, people, you have this like sense of accountability um, of like continue to grow. And so a lot of people call YC some of the most productive uh, parts of their lives, just because like, uh, there's a time crunch, uh, end of YC there's demo day. And so you wanna get to a certain target, maybe in terms of revenue or users or uh, something else. And so beginning of YC, you're setting goals for yourself and you're telling everyone, these are my goals. I'm going to try to get, get there. Uh, and every couple of weeks you're checking in with your peers and they're doing the same with you. So uh, having that really strong framework was really helpful. Also having partners who are super experienced uh, helps.
0: Oh yeah, I would imagine. I, and you brought up Demo Day. So just curious, how was Cohere's Demo Day?
1: So we actually ended up closing our seed round uh, a few week, few days before Demo Day. So we didn't actually um, pitch. Uh, we, we pitched on Demo Day, but we weren't pitching an investor. We just pitched to customers. Uh, we, we pitched because Demo Day has a lot of reach. Uh, thankfully, um, the market recovered the, the previous YC batch. Uh, demo day was right when all the lockdowns started. So things were going crazy, uh, YCW20. Why, why but for us, like the market was going upward. So we got really lucky in that regard as well. Um, and so the investment market, getting money from investors is also much easier. So we ended up closing our seed round maybe a week before demo day. Um, and then after that was just like demo day was like a lot less stressful for us because of that.
0: Yeah, that's actually great timing. I know the market really took a turn. Right, right around the time COVID was was hitting with with lockdowns, so oh, really? that's that's really awesome for you guys. Um, yes. And yeah, on the on the topic of funding, um, I'm wondering how were you guys able to get funding from investors? Was that something that you did progressively along the way? Uh, yeah, the so.
1: Um... YC gives you a check of $150,000. I think they'd reduce it uh, for the next batch. So we, we had that funding uh, going into YC. Um, we also worked with, so the founders of Superhuman, for example, also invested. Uh, they were from the first investors in QuickCare. Unio worked at RAMP. And so the founders of RAMP also uh, invested a little bit. And so because we had uh, people we worked with give their stamp of approval, yeah, these are uh, this is a good company to invest in. It's a really strong signal for other investors uh to see that like good uh, company founders have invested in this company and they also know the founders personally. They work with the founders personally, so it's really great to have that like stamp of approval going in before you raise your round from other people. Um, so it's all about investing, getting a like, building around is all about momentum. So getting the first like few checks in can help accelerate things going forward. And um, yeah, so we ended up raising from a few more firms and uh, a larger fund. Um, after we raised from a small from from the first few angels, uh, we're still holding back our uh, actual numbers. Uh, we're gonna do a, a bigger launch soon, so when that happens, mm-hmm. uh, we can be we can share.
0: Okay, given it a little bit private. I respect it. Um, so it seems like a big takeaway here is that um, obviously you and Jason had experience working at smaller companies, Superhuman and RAMP. Do you think it would still be the case that if you hadn't been at those smaller startups that you would have the same type of investing um, or investor experience earlier on? Or do you think that was really crucial?
1: Definitely helped us, Um, but I would say it maybe isn't as, um, it it, it may be a bit harder, but it's not impossible to still be able to raise funds. so the good thing about YC is they bring in investors for demo day. So just being part of YC brings brings you a lot of attention, uh, and yeah, so it just brings the attention. Investors like are contacting you d- when you're doing YC. So it's it's not impossible to uh, raise money. I mean, maybe it's a bit harder. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I I did misspoke because I know you actually worked at Ramp, right? So Jason. Well,
1: so- Junior worked okay. at RAMP, I worked at Superman, okay. Jason yeah. worked at another small company called Farmer's okay. Business Network. So we all okay. have, like, have our share of like uh, small company experience. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's definitely great. You all came in with a very diverse experience of working with a smaller versus larger company. Um, and I know you did mention that you personally preferred that, that smaller startup feel just by the nature of being able to know exactly what you're working on, how you're being impactful to the company and then also, you know, garnering those, those stronger, more intimate relationships with coworkers. Um, do you think that with, with the three, the, the three of you combined, was that really um, influential in, in, in starting cohere? Because it seems like a common tieback with all of your guys' experiences. is just the fact that startups allow you to have, I guess a richer experience with, with what you're working on. And and even now tying back to the idea of investors, do you think that it kind of lends to this entrepreneurial spirit you guys have developed from, from being at these small companies?
1: Yeah, it definitely helps um, because you're exposed to a lot of different parts of the business when you're working at a small company. So like sales and marketing and design and growth and product. Uh, and there's a lot more visibility uh, when you're working in a small team. So um, having that experience definitely, definitely helped.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think um, you, you've you answered so much about just all, all things professional related, especially in regards to, to launching Cohere. And you guys have obviously done an incredible job um, so, so kudos to you guys. Um, it's mm-hmm. been really cool researching, yeah, all the, all the work you guys have done. And I, I really look, I think we all look forward to seeing where you guys take it in the future. Um, do you have maybe an, an ultimate goal for Cohere that you see, whether it be short-term or long-term?
1: Um, long-term, we're just building all kinds of tools to just make uh, customer-facing teams' lives easier. Uh, we're just, making them more productive and happy at the end of the day and get through their day faster. So we're just building more and more tools for them uh, that just help with that.
0: Yeah. I think, I think having a mission like that, that's so human and user centered is really crucial. It seems like the best companies out there really take that approach. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm going to pivot over to Harleen. She has some some more questions for you. Real quick, I don't think I confirmed what time Rahul
2: is free until I have just like a couple of like fun, small questions. Yeah, we can do maybe
1: a few few more minutes. No worries. Maybe like four okay. minutes. That's
2: Perfect. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. One thing that I just want to know is that because I've seen you and Jason like interact and like I've seen that I, I know that you guys have been friends for so long. I want to know what the biggest fight between you and Jason or biggest biggest disagreement has been since Cohera started.
1: There's so usually um this has to do with like how th- this can come in many forms, right? So usually most times it it happened. Okay, wait, wait, I'm gonna figure out what I want to say. <laughs> um so it usually depends on how strongly people feel um and the really great thing is most of the all three of us are mostly like 98 percent aligned on most things so we agree that like things are the right right like different things are the right ways to do stuff almost like almost always um and when we disagree it's usually uh, a matter of like who feels the most Strongly about it that like lets you figure it out. We're also three people, so um, it's it's also easy to just like, vote and decide rather than just like fight it out for two. So that's a good thing about having a third founder. Um. Yeah, this usually the disagreements are about like maybe a small design change or a product decision or, uh, some terminology on the website or landing page or things like that, but not not like super intense.
2: Okay. OK, nice. Good to know it's not groundbreaking. Um, and then we have a couple. OK, so some of our, our fun questions kind of get like all over the place. So, so I have one about Duke. Um, this one can be like really short and sweet, but it's um, what's like the most practical or I guess your favorite CS class that you've taken at Duke and why?
1: My favorite Maybe I liked. I really like CS two thirty. But this is like a very controversial take because um, I'm
2: currently in CS two thirty, and I totally so wholeheartedly. I think I think with, with Bruce Donald,
1: and Bruce Donald was so great, and we we learned like scheme and and racket. I, I really enjoyed the class. I also took it with a bunch of friends, which may have impacted my my perception of the class.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. I am so sad that we're going to have to write that into an article (laughs) and then people are going to have to see that. Um, I really wish um, (laughs) Professor
1: O'Donnell sees it because he's a great professor and great lecturer. Really enjoyed his classes.
2: I I think I would need that. I need that right now. Okay. Okay. And then this one's, this one's like very, very general, which is that um, like, what is your favorite tech trend? Like, what is your favorite trend in the tech industry right now?
1: Favorite trend? Uh, I don't know. I Crypto is really hot, been really hot. NFTs and SPACs and all these crazy things have been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite trend. I, the, the thing is, when you're running a company, I, I just don't really have a lot of time to uh, follow along. But Clubhouse is also really hot. I don't know if you guys are on. Um, if you mm-hmm. aren't, I have invites. So let me know if you, if you need any. Uh, um, yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, where do you like see it going? And this could be very related to Cohere because obviously you guys are moving towards a specific space anyway. But like, where do you see it going? This could be related to COVID. Like, you could take that wherever you want. Like that question.
1: Yeah. So, trend wise, their software is becoming more and more specialized. So maybe what was on an Excel sheet maybe like five or ten years ago is now like a completely standalone, standalone uh, SaaS application. And so being because software is getting more and more hyper like verticalized and specialized into like one task it is also becoming more complicated and so like there's like more specific features and more, more workflows you might need to learn and now the problem of like getting users to like understand and become power users for your tools is important uh you can't just like give them like this sheet and just like be like okay you can use it literally however you want like these are like boxes and you can just write whatever you want here and uh, now like there's more uh Fixed ways of thinking and more opinionated ways of thinking. And because of that, just like being able to train your users and help them is like uh, an important part of like retaining and increasing your revenue. And so Cohere is like poised to like capitalize on that trend of like this happening. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's a great answer. That's very interesting. Um, I mean, like, I, those are just like the first two that came to mind that was about five minutes i think that was in time Um, (laughs) well
1: thanks for doing this Uh, it was good to see you all again
2: no thank you i know you must have been like really really busy and um i know that you're in india right now so like your schedule is also wild
1: yeah i'm Um, just getting mad at like random notifications. on things i have to catch up no